Welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast, where we tackle teaching challenges from a biblical perspective. Why are we here? Because we don't believe that our spiritual walk and teaching profession should exist in two separate domains. Rather, the hope we have in Christ should change how we approach everything, not just at home, but at school as well. So join us as we explore both the spiritual and practical sides of key teaching challenges, integrating them together so we can succeed at teaching, glorify God, and make a lasting difference in our students' hearts and lives. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Herzog Foundation. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are my own and do not necessarily reflect the views and positions of the Herzog Foundation. In this series, we're so excited to be answering your top teaching questions on a variety of topics. If you missed last week's episode, we answered some common questions and also some really good and tricky uh, questions that we get about classroom management. And you can find that episode as well as this entire series at teachfortheheart.com slash answers. Today, we're going to be answering some questions involving time management and balance. And these come from a variety of places in case you're wondering where we got these questions from. Some come from our Facebook group, which if you're not a part of, you can join at teachfortheheart.com slash Facebook. And a lot of questions come from our membership, Teach for the Heart Plus, where we have mentor help for our members through our group coaching calls, our support inbox, and other methods. And a lot of these come from there. And it's so fun to be on the coaching calls together and answering these questions. But some of them were so good, I thought we're going to add these to this podcast episode here as well. If you do want to find out more about our membership, Teach for the Heart Plus, you can go to teachfortheheart.com slash plus to get info about that. Well, let me give you real quickly a preview of some of the questions we're going to answer. We're going to talk about the tension between planning and grading and how to have time for both. And we're going to talk about how do you find balance between schoolwork and things that you want to do like at church or at home or parenting. We're going to also talk about what if I feel like I cannot catch up? I'm always behind. And then the last one is, how do I give my students more ownership? Like, how do I let go and actually allow things to be delegated? So those are the four questions we're going to focus on today. So the first one, I'm going to read the question. It's a little bit long, but gives you a little bit of context. So the question is this. My question involves time management, particularly the tension between planning and grading. I usually end up focusing on planning and end up pushing grading aside until I have a large backlog of papers over which I fall asleep. What tips do you have for addressing the tension between planning and grading, such as time of day or week or simple tricks for getting it all done? Well, there's a lot of different things that we could say about this, and so I'm going to share a few different tips. First of all, I just want to say, if you are grading everything your students do, that's the first thing is to stop doing that, um, especially classwork and homework. You uh, you probably do not need to be grading everything that they do. Um, that's just too much, and it's not necessary. It is important that students know that anything they do in class could be taken for a grade, but you don't need to grade everything. So ask yourself, could I cut this in half? And you don't tell your students ahead of time, I'm going to grade this one, I'm not going to grade that one. Uh, But could you grade half as much classwork or half as much homework as you currently are? Chances are the answer is yes, and that can save you a whole bunch of time right off the bat. But even with that, depending on what you teach, uh, grading can still be a lot. 
lesson planning is a lot. And so to this question of how do you balance the tension between those two? And there are so many different ways to do this, and it's really going to be different for everybody, but here's a few things that different teachers have done. One thing that can be helpful is to block off time for one and the other. So there's at least some time in your schedule that is dedicated for a certain task. For example, you might say Tuesdays are my main lesson planning day. I have, you know, I take my free period on Tuesday and it's dedicated only to lesson planning. I don't let anything else distract me. Um, And after school, I work on lesson planning or, you know, whatever it is. You say this is only for lesson planning. And you might do the same thing with grading. You might be like Thursday is my grading catch-up day. I use my free period to grade catch up, and that's dedicated for that. Um, So some teachers find that helpful to say this day is for this, this day is for that. Um, One thing I found helpful with grading is I almost always, when I was teaching, had a stack of papers with me um, when I was at school. And a lot of times I had it with me when I was just doing things out of school as well, because there's so many blocks of like a few minutes here, a few minutes there where you can grade. Um, So for example, if my students were taking a test and I was monitoring them, I wouldn't be sitting at my, you know, desk with my head down grading where I'm not aware of what's going on, but I would walk around the classroom with a stack of papers and I'd be grading as I was kind of monitoring them. Um, Even, you know, there was just so many times in the classroom where students are doing something where you have two minutes, even 30 seconds at a time. You can, you, and if you have just a stack of papers there with the answer key, you can, you can get through a fair amount um, just, just in those little few minutes here and there. And that, that, that can certainly help. And then I do the same thing. Um, you know, if we were driving in the car, my husband was driving, you know, I have some time, I can grade. Um, so we do, I take advantage of a lot of that kind of wasted time. Um, you know, think anytime you're tempted to pull out your phone, can you get a little grading done instead? Um, and that that really can help, especially with stuff that's just simple grading. It just kind of just has to get done. So those are a few tips that can help a little bit with that tension. Um, another thing that you might consider is at the beginning of each day or either at the beginning of the day or like at the end of the day for the following day, thinking, okay, where am I at? What's most important, right? And simply saying, okay, tomorrow, what should I focus on? Should I Do I really need to get caught up on grading? Do I need to do lesson planning or whatever the case is? Another thing that helps is trying to get ahead in lesson planning. And I know that sounds easier said than done, but um, I always made it my goal to be done with lesson planning for the following week before I, bef- well, definitely by Monday morning. It was great if it was done by Friday. If it wasn't done by Friday, I had to finish it over the weekend so that when I came in on Monday, that entire week was planned and I was working on the following week. That really did take away some of the stress and some of the tension. Um, so I was never like doing something really last minute. And if you, if that sounds like something that would really help with your lesson planning, then what you can do to get ahead is to plan a work, like a work chunk. (laughs) And this is something where you might not want to do this all the time, but you might say, okay, I'm going to find a a chunk of time that I don't normally work and I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to get out if needed. I'm going to get out of my house. I'm going to go to the library. I'm going to go to Panera and I'm going to work for a chunk of time, like four hours, five hours. So maybe you're like, I'm going to get up early on Saturday. I'm going to go work five hours on Saturday morning. Or you might say, I'm, you know, after school. Uh, And it's great actually if you can do this, like can redeem some time when you'd normally be doing something else. So for example, if 
you normally come home and cook dinner for your family, you might sit, you know, might talk um, with your spouse and say, okay, listen, I really, really need to do this. I need to get ahead. Um, can we order pizza? Can you take care of everything? I'm going to go straight from school to the library and I'm going to stay there till nine and come home at nine and I'm going to get this knocked out and then I'll be, I'll be good. <laughs> so having that kind of focused time, sometimes it's incredible, especially as a teacher when we're used to, you know, snatching 30 minutes here and 20 minutes there and someone coming in and interrupting us. If you actually have, you know, four hours of uninterrupted time, you might be like, oh my goodness, I got two weeks of work of work done in these four hours. And then that gives you back that time uh, for your family, your personal life and, and helps you get ahead. So anyhow, these are just a few tips. As you can see, if I was doing this on a coaching call, I would actually be talking back and forth and asking some more questions because this is such a personal thing, how you arrange it, but hopefully there's some good ideas in there for you guys. All right, here's the next question. I want to participate more with programs and classes at my church, but my work consumes most of my time. Finding the balance has been difficult. What do I do? And there's another question that's really similarly. Another teacher asked, how do I balance the high demands of teaching with parenting? So in both of these questions, the point is there's a lot of time spent on teaching and there's other things in my life that are really important. I want to be involved at my church or I have kids that I need to parent. How do I balance both of them? And of course, this is not a simple question. We've done entire series. There's entire books written on this. But a few, uh, if I had to answer this question quickly, a few things that I would say. First of all, we've talked about this before, but if you are not planning your work hours ahead of time for the week, I highly, highly recommend trying that. We have a spot for this in our Pray and Plan Planner, um, but you don't need the planner to do it. All you need to do is sit down before the week starts and just jot down what time am I arriving at school? What time am I leaving school? And then what time am I working on schoolwork at home? Okay, and you can adjust it each week. It's not like you have to set it once and you're stuck with that for the entire, you know, entire school year. You adjust it each week and say, okay, how much do you think? Do I have do I have a big research paper I'm grading or a bunch of tests? You know, do I have do I have is this a busy week at school, a slow week at school? How much time do I think I'm going to need to get done my schoolwork? Um, And the benefit of doing this, though, is that you are kind of drawing lines between school and home or school and church, like school and everything else in your life. And you're putting box around school. Now, you can't just, you know, say if you have, you know, 45 hours of work, doesn't mean you can just say, only give yourself 40 hours and be like, I'm going to make it work. It doesn't quite work like that, right? You have to do more than that um, to get down from 45 hours to 40 hours. That's a good goal. It's something to work for. But you can't just say, you know, I'm working fewer hours than the amount of work I have. That it doesn't, it's, it's, that's not going to work. That's just going to stress you out and you're, and, and, and you're going to give up on the system. What you're doing instead is just being realistic. How much time do I need? Schedule that time, okay? But this helps still so much because it helps you. It, this does a few things. First of all, it, as I said, creates some boundaries so that you don't feel like you're always working um, and you also don't feel guilty when it's time to be done work and you're like, now I'm focusing on my family. It really helps you say, okay, be present in both places. I'm at work 
I got to focus. I got to get this done because I'm leaving at 430. Um, So it helps you focus at work. And then when you leave, it's like, okay, this work time is done. Now I need to focus on my family. I need to not get distracted by work. Now I need to be present with my family or my church responsibilities or whatever it is that's important to you. And that's just so helpful. It really does help you focus and get more done in the time. Um, And then it provides that balance because now you're off and your mind isn't bouncing back and forth between the two. And your mind also isn't wasting a ton of time trying to decide whether or not you should work. Because that's that's another thing, right? What should I do? We waste so much time going, ah, should I work? I don't feel like it, you know, da da And going back and forth. And instead, it's just like, no, this is my plan. Um, and you can definitely plan time at home. You can say, I'm working from 7 to 8.30 tonight. Or on Saturday, I have to work from, eight, from you know, 9 to 11 on Saturday morning. But it's there. It's clear. You can communicate it with your family. Everyone knows what to expect. And they can hold you accountable, too, um, for when you get off. So if you haven't tried that, that is my number one tip um, for balance in this area. Obviously, there's so much more. Um, if you find that's still way too many hours and you want to cut down the number of hours that you are spending on um, on schoolwork, then there's a lot you can do for that. But it's more than I can answer right now in this quick Q&A podcast. So I, what I would recommend is getting our free training about this topic. We have a free training called Five Time-Saving Practices to Stop Feeling Overwhelmed, and that'll give you a whole lot more strategies than I have time for right now. So you can go to teachfortheheart.com slash save time, teachfortheheart.com slash save time to get that free training. All right, next question. I feel like I cannot catch up with grading and lesson planning, as well as have enough time with my family and take care of things around the house. Any suggestions for catching up with schoolwork? and family, and with responsibilities around the house. I feel like I cannot get up any earlier than I already do, and I do not want to stay up late each night. Okay, I actually got a little bit ahead of myself and revealed my best strategy already for this, um, which was to plan that catch-up block. And I really do find that that's something really helpful for me when I'm either feeling really behind in work, or if I have a big project that's like, you know, kind of when if you have one of those things, maybe it's like I have to grade research papers or or I have something special I'm doing and it just I can't I can't add any more time to what I'm already doing. It feels like it's not going to get done to plan one of those work chunks away. So I'll just talk a little bit more about that. There is so much benefit, as I said before, to getting away um, and to putting that chunk of time on your calendar. And it is really amazing what you can get done in these work blocks. Um, I've done this before, and I've actually done done this before, and I've had friends that have done this. You can even, if you really are, you know, really want to go all in on this, you can even take a weekend. So get a hotel, go there on, you know, Friday, Friday after school, go to the hotel, work, um, you know, grab grab dinner by yourself, but work. And then Saturday, you know, get up, work through Saturday. Um, obviously, this is not something you'd want to do all the time. That's not the point. The point is this is something you do once a year, twice a year, but it's something where you can really knock out a ton of work all at once to then lower your level of stress. Um, and it really can be incredibly helpful. So once again, that's like the extreme doing the the night away, but you might be really amazed what two hours after work, how much you can get done. Um, going somewhere else is really helpful because you want to eliminate all distractions. You want to be able to really, really focus, eliminate all your distractions, um, get some stuff done. And one of the benefits 
benefits of this too that you might not have thought of is when you know when the work block is on the calendar, it helps you in the week, not just after it's done. It also helps you in the time leading up to it because you know it's there. And so rather than, you know, let's say you need to, you know, grade all the research papers rather than being like, when am I going to have time to grade these research papers? I'm so stressed. I'm so stressed. You know it's there. You know that catch-up block is there. Um, so you know it's coming, so you don't have to be frantic in the time leading up. And then obviously once it's all done, that feels great too. I will tell you a little a little quick story. Um, I was telling my um, – one of our friends is an, uh, an author, a very – a very successful author. Actually, if you haven't checked out his books, they're called Chapped in a Video Game by Dustin Brady. Um, that's his most popular series. They're really great for reluctant readers in elementary. Um, anyhow, uh, he uh, heard me talking about this weekend and he got the idea. He said, I really want to just, he's like, the the writing the draft of my book is like the most stressful thing. He's like, I wonder if I could knock it out in one weekend like you do. And so he set it up. He um he, you know, he had the outline written. He's like, can I think I can write the whole draft in one in one weekend? And he did. He booked a hotel room. He worked on it Friday and Saturday, got the entire book written in one weekend. So it is really amazing what you can do when you have no distractions. And you also know you kind of in that time crunch of like, I got I got to make hay um, and you're away from everything it can really be incredible how much you can get done. So that is just one thing I recommend for if you are really behind um, do something different. It's really hard to catch up when you're keeping all your responsibilities, but when you can do something that kind of eliminates some responsibilities, like I said, if you're away, you're not doing anything around the house, you're not doing, uh, you're not helping with anything related to children or anything else. It's just all, you know, really focused time. Um, and like I said, you can do that in a bigger way or, or a smaller way where you just skip making dinner one day and go and, you know, go work instead of dinner. Um, things like that can really, really help. Once again, that's just one tip, though, and there's so many things. Um, what we're not really getting into in this episode is how do you reduce the number of hours you're working or cut down on what you're doing. So once again, that free training, teachfortheheart.com slash save time. Or if you want to jump straight to the all the solutions and step-by-step help, we do have a program called Reclaim Your Time 101, which is a really unique program because what we've done is um, we said, how, how can we create a program to help teachers save time? That doesn't take time, right? Because you don't have time for a training program, like this huge training program. You don't have time to implement complex strategies. Like if I tell you, organize your closet, you don't have time for that right now. Um, So what we've done is we've created a program where each lesson is super short. They're like five to 10 minutes long. You can listen to them in the car or, you know, on a walk or whatever it is. And then the action steps are really simple. They're not, they're not long. Um, They're very quick. They're very um, just practical and easy to implement and designed to actually save you time right away. So if you want to find out more about that, you can go to teachfortheheart.com slash reclaim, teachfortheheart.com slash reclaim, which stands for reclaim your time. We're taking a quick break to share a bit about our partner, the Herzog Foundation. The Herzog Foundation supports Christian schools in a variety of ways, but one way I highly recommend is their leadership trainings. They offer free in-person trainings to school leaders on a variety of important topics like donor development, marketing and enrollment, strategic planning, culture building, and more. Not only are the trainings free, but lodging and meals are also covered by the Herzog Foundation. So that means your school's only cost is airfare to get to the event. 
My friend Nancy is a school leader at the the school my kids attend, and she participated in one of these events last spring and told me it was absolutely amazing. So if you're at a Christian school, I highly recommend checking these out and recommending them to your school admins. You can find info by going to HerzogFoundation.com and clicking the events tag at the top of the page. That's HerzogFoundation.com and click the events tab. Now back to our conversation. All right, and our last question which I love. I want to give my students more ownership in the classroom, and I also want to save time um, by giving them more responsibility. But here's the question. How do I let go and stop trying to do everything myself and allow some tasks and procedures to be delegated? I love this question um, because it's so relatable. It can Delegation can save so much time. It really, really can. But it can also take a lot of time if it's not done right. And you might have been burned in the past where you tried to get someone to help and it just did not work. Or you might just be thinking, no one else can do this. I'm the only one that can do this. Or it's going to take more time to teach someone else than it is to just do it myself. And these are all very, very, very common thoughts. But I'm just telling you, if you can do delegation right oh my goodness, it can save a ton of time. And so I do really believe it is something that way more teachers, including you, should at least explore. And so this question of how do I let go, stop trying to do everything myself and allow some tasks and procedures to be delegated. I think there's two pieces to this. There's one, the mindset piece. And then there's two, the practical side, okay? Um, So I'm actually gonna start with the practical side because I think in order for our mind to let go, we have to believe it's possible. So first, First of all, the possible, like how do you actually delegate? Um, we have a whole section on this in Reclaim Your Time, but I'm going to try to boil it down to just a real quick synopsis here. One of the keys in delegating is to pick repeated tasks, okay, because you do have to train people. Um, I'm talking anything, you know, obviously there's some stuff that you delegate because you know it's super easy, right? It's just it's just crazy easy. Anyone can do it. You don't need any training. But then that's it. You stop there, right? And what we're talking about is going beyond just those quick things that it's like, you know, there's only a few things we're having trouble to think of anything else. You can have your students do a lot more than you might initially think if you train them and teach them. But the key then is picking things that are repeated. So looking for things that it's like, we have to do this every week, or we have to do this every month. Like this is going to come up over and over again throughout the year. Because then the time that you take to teach them how to do it pays off. Because then you might, the first couple times you do it, you might be like, this isn't saving me any time. I'm having to teach them. I'm having to show them how to do it. Um, But once they learn it, you know, the second time, okay, they're getting the hang of it. By the third time, it's like, all right, they don't really need me. And that's the key. So you need to teach them like you would teach a procedure, right? Work with them, practice, correct, tell them what they're doing wrong. Okay, don't just let them do it wrong and be like, okay, thanks. Tell them what they're doing wrong. Ask them to redo it the right way. Train them in how to do it. Um, and then it will save you time, though, in the, you know, like I said, by the time, the third or fourth time they do it, they should be getting the hang of it. One thing that can be really helpful when delegating, and this, this, I don't know if this is as applicable with students, but it's definitely applicable if you have a paraprofessional or a parent or like a teacher's aide helping you, um, is creating a video. So if it's a computer task, you can just take a screen capture of you doing the task. Um, if it's something that's done in the classroom, you can ask them, you can even, while you're training them, have them videotape you doing it. Because that way they have that to refer back to if they're like, how do I do this again? And it's so much faster to just take a video than it is to write out instructions or type out instructions for how to do something that's a little bit more complex. 
So that's a little bit of the how. Once again, that's a really quick synopsis. We give a lot more details and we talk about how to give permissions and all these other things um, in Reclaim Your Time 101. But the idea of realizing, okay, I'm going to have to invest, but it'll pay off is really key to understanding. So that's the practical how-to. The other mindset thing that we have to do is we just have to recognize the cost and the benefit. In other words, what is the cost of holding on and saying, I have to do it myself. No one else can do it as good as me. My students won't do it perfectly. You know, that perfectionism or that I, it has to be me-ism, um, that want, desire to keep all of the control. Because let's be honest, if you have someone else help you, you are having to give up a little bit of control. It might not be perfect, right? Um, and and real quick rabbit trail, that's actually why I brought up first, though, the how. Because I it is important that it's not just done haphazardly, right? You're going to train them. You're going to get them to a point where they're doing a competent job. They should be able to do it well, right? But it's st- so that is important. You're not just giving it to them and they're doing it, you know, doing a horrible job. But we can still sometimes have this mental block of even though they're doing it well, like I could do it better or it's not, you know, we're still having to let go of that control a little bit. And I think one thing, um, well, honestly, there's a whole spiritual element to this. It might be something to pray about and be like, man, am I just holding on too much of this? Am I finding my identity in this? Like sometimes there's a spiritual aspect where we need to surrender to God and let go in that. Um, but beyond that, too, sometimes it's just simply a matter of just, you know, that perfectionism, that holding on. We, we It can also be helpful to simply think about the cost. In other words, what does it cost me to keep holding on to this? Well, it's costing me my time. I, I don't, I have, I'm so busy. I'm constantly working, right? It might be costing me time with my family. It might be costing me time to spend on my ho- my hobbies. It might be costing me time to be able to do this really great thing that I want to do in my class. I really want to create this really interesting lesson or this really interesting project or activity. And I, I don't have time for it because I have all these other things to do. Um, so that's what can really help is recognizing what is it costing me to hold so tightly to this? And if my students or a pair or somebody else can do it like 90% as well as me, does that 10%, is that little 10%, that little loss of control worth what I'm giving up to keep doing this myself? And that's the thing. Rather than looking at as it, uh, you know, should I do it all or, you know, just, what am I trying to say? Rather than looking at it as, that 100% versus 90%. And like, that's the choice. You know, should I do it myself and have it perfect or have someone else do it and it's 90? That's not the choice. The choice is, should I do it myself 100 and not get to do whatever else I can't do with this time? Or should I let the students do it, get it to 90 and be able to also do this, whatever that is, either at school or at home? That's the choice. And when you have that clear in your mind, that can really help. Because the reality, as we've talked on this podcast before, is we cannot do everything. And when we recognize that, then we can start making wiser choices with our time. All right. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. There's so much more we can say. There are so many more questions. So once again, um, if you'd like more uh, help on this topic, I refer you to our free training, Five Time-Saving Practices to Stop Feeling Overwhelmed. That's at teachfortheheart.com slash save time. Or our full Reclaim Your Time course, which once again is not your typical course. Super quick, super quick actions to help unbury you right away within the first lesson or two. Um, You can find info on that at teachfortheheart.com slash reclaim. Before we go, let's take a moment to pray because God cares about everything, including our time and our balance. Father, thank you that you do care. Thank you that you are involved. 
Teacher, take a moment to just thank God that he is there, that he's placed you where you are, and that he cares about every detail in your life, including your time. Next, consider any challenges you're having right now with your time or your schedule and pray to God and asking him for help and wisdom in those. And if you do find yourself holding on to perfectionism or struggling to let things go, take a moment and talk to God about that and ask him to reveal in you, um, in your heart, um, what you may be believing or thinking and, and to surrender those things to him. We thank you, Father, that you care, that you're here. We ask you to work in each teacher's life. May our schedules align with what you would have for us, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and this series so far. Once again, you can get all the links that we mentioned and see this entire series at teachfortheheart.com slash answers. Next week, um, we'll be back, Lord willing, with common questions around mental challenges. We're talking about dealing with anxiety, frustration, discouragement, um, all those things that can really suck our joy and make it challenging to teach day to day in the classroom. So I can't wait to dive into those with you next week. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Herzog Foundation. And in the meantime, teacher, remember, God is at work in you and through you, and he's using you to make a difference. Keep your eyes on him and teach for the heart. 